Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. God wants to build the church here. Amen? See, it's not just about a million churches around the world. It's about this church. And the way we do that is we need to know who we are. See, the wrong question is, what should we do or how should we do it? The right question is, who are we? Because if you don't know who you are, then you won't go about doing the right things. And so today I want to stir your heart about that. And so I want to talk to you about, firstly, about who you are, and then we'll talk about what we can do about that. So today's message is simply called, I am blessed. (laughs) And when I say that, I am blessed. But I mean, you are blessed. In fact, can you hear me? I don't normally do this, seriously. I hate action songs and preachers that make you do things. It really, really irritates me. But on this one occasion, I just think it'd be good if we said together, I am blessed. You ready? One, two, three. I am blessed. You see, if you know who you are, then all of a sudden, you'll know what to do and how to do it and where to go and, and, and all the things that we need to sow our lives into. In fact, it says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8, I actually preached a message on this in this church about 10 years ago, believe it or not. And uh, it says, the message was simply called, Here Am I. Uh, and so this particular passage in Isaiah says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. This is Isaiah speaking, saying, Whom shall I send? And who will, I, who will go for us? And then I said, here am I, send me. How many people know that you can't be sent unless you first say, here am I? And to say, here am I, means I need to know who I am. I need to know who I am in Christ Jesus, not just my personalities and my weird bits and all of that. I guess most of you probably don't have weird bits, but my wife does. And uh, you know, she does, she's got all sorts of sort of things, you know. She's a little bit crazy, in a good way, of course. But you've got to know who you are. And the thing I love about Isaiah here is it tells us clearly, God's saying, who can we send? Who can we go on our behalf? And Isaiah says, you know what? You can send me because I know who I am. And the truth of the matter is you and I need to make sure that we're not the best second or the second best version of somebody else. We need to be the first version, the best version of ourselves. You were made incredibly, preciously, as an individual with amazing gifts and talents so that we could bring transformation to this world. We have been blessed. And I don't need to be somebody else and I don't need to make an excuse for a million churches. But you don't need to be the guy who heads something up to plan a million churches. Maybe you just need to be the best wife, the best husband, the best father, whatever it is that God's called you to be. Because he has blessed you to do something. Amen? How many people are feeling like maybe they are blessed? And this might help you with where you want to go next. Well, Isaiah knew this, and so that's uh, how he went about it. Now, the story of Gideon's interesting too, because Gideon was hiding. He didn't really know who he was. He was coming to grips with, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that. And so he's hiding in a wine press. But how many people know that then God revealed something to him? God opened his eyes to his potential. God opened his eyes to what he could achieve. And the moment Gideon knew who he was, he was risen up as a mighty man of valour and made a difference to that generation. If we are going to make a difference in Maroochydore, the Sunshine Coast, if we really are going to grace the nations, it's got to start with us knowing that we are blessed. And then knowing why 
we are blessed. Now, I know you're all going back in your mind, going, oh, we had a sermon on this, blessed to be a blessing. Okay, smarty, we'll get there later, all right? The reality is there is a reason why we're blessed. Abraham eventually knew that he were, who he was, and so he became blessed. And that's why it says that he was blessed to be a blessing. So what is blessing? Because it's a word that we use as Christians, and if you're here and you don't normally come to church, you might be going, what the heck is blessing? Well, let me explain it to you. And for those of you that are believers, which I guess is probably most of you, this might be a good refresher for you, because to know what it means to be blessed will help you and I do the things that God has called us to do. And so when we think about this, I'll give you my definition of of, uh, blessing, which is probably the best one you're going to hear. You can look it up in the dictionary. It won't be anywhere near as good as my definition. But this one will resonate with your heart, I'm sure. You see, I think blessing is simply the declaration of God's favour and protection over our lives. And the second part to it is, it's a declaration. Again, these are declarations. These are not just nice ideas. These are givens. A declaration is when we go, the truth of this thing in the eyes of God is this, and I declare it. And so we declare his favour and protection. The second declaration is one of thanksgiving and praise. When we bless the Father, we give thanksgiving. When we bless Jesus, we're saying, thank you, Jesus, for saving me, for doing what you're doing in my... Thank you, Jesus, that you are building your church. Thank you, Jesus, that you are prospering my family. Thank you, Jesus, in advance, even Because how many people know? We give thanks before the meal. We give thanks before the miracle. We give thanks before the breakthrough. We give thanks for a million churches before they're planted. Why? Because that's the, the order of blessing. And so we bless things by doing that. But we also speak the declaration. And at the end of this, I want to declare something over you. I want to declare God's favour over your life. I want to declare God's protection over your life, over your businesses, over your families. And I want to take just a moment to say thank you, Jesus, that you are awesome and you are blessing us in this place today. You see, in the season we're living, we need to speak blessing into the atmosphere, into this society. I don't know what your thoughts are, and I don't want to go off on a tangent about COVID, because to be frank with you, I'm sick and tired of talking about it, and I'm even more sick and tired of listening to it, you know? So I just decided I'm having a COVID-free existence from now on, okay? I don't care whether you're vaccinated or not, that's up to you. I I, I need to be, because I want to get on an aeroplane and go and lay on beaches in really cool tropical parts of the world, so it's necessary for me, you know. For you, maybe not, you know, you're happy sitting at home by your jacuzzi in the backyard or whatever it might be, but as for me, I'm cracking some sun rays under a palm tree with the sound, oh, it's just, I I can feel it right now. Did anyone just drift off to there and forgot that I was preaching? Yeah, it's been so long since we've travelled, I get it, well, you have, but see, I'm not interested, what I'm interested in doing is being who Jesus wants me to be. You see, I am blessed. Remember? You are blessed. And I'm blessed to be a blessing, so what am I going to do? I'm going to speak blessing into Maruchidor. I'm going to speak blessing into the Sunshine Coast. I'm going to speak blessing into the economy around where we are. I know what the government are doing this and the government are doing that. I don't even need to have an opinion, to be frank with you. I just simply need to be the blessing that God called me to be. And so I refuse to be moulded by what society might say, but I'm not going to fight it. And that's not my fight. My fight is with, not with flesh and blood. It's in the spiritual realm. My job 
is to declare the blessing of God. See, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Every time I open my mouth, I'm releasing death or life. Hebrews 11.3 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not uh, were made of things visible. Um, so this passage is telling us very clearly that God framed the universe, that the world, with his words. Do you know, you and I do the same thing. Every day when I get up and I speak words, I'm framing the future. When I speak words about you, I'm framing your future. When you speak words about yourself, when you look in the mirror, I love looking in the mirror. Anyone else like looking in the mirror? <laughs> Doesn't surprise you that I like looking in the mirror, does it? If you look like me, you'd like looking in the mirror. It's actually not about that. It's because one of my favourite things to do is to speak to my mirror. I don't go mirror, mirror on the wall. It's not that, okay? It's not a nursery rhyme. I seriously like to talk to my mirror. And you know what I say? I say, Lindsay Clark, you are blessed. And you know what my mirror says? It looks at me and goes, Lindsay Clark, you are blessed. The man in the mirror agrees with me. And the Bible says where two or more are gathered, you know? Me and, me and my alter ego in the mirror, and we're in agreement. There is power in agreement. And you go, oh, are you serious? Absolutely. What's the alternative? Get up in the morning and go, oh, you loser. You're probably going to have another rotten day. I refuse. I am blessed. Look, everything doesn't go my way. But in the midst of that, I'm going to get to that in a moment, in the midst of that, I can come to God and still get blessing even on those things that are against me. And I talk to my mirror, I do. I love it. In fact, even if Julie's looking in the mirror, I come up behind her and go, hi, Lynn. <laughs> you should live at our house. It's a lot of fun, you know. So we're going to be blessed to be a blessing. We've got to look at what blessing is right from the beginning. So to understand that, let's look at a couple of passages of Scripture. And, uh, and then I want to look at how we can apply this and multiply. Because how many people know that when we understand that we are blessed, there are things that will happen. This will demand a response from you and I. It, it demands that we are generous as people. Amen? Now, I know this is a generous church, but I'm not just talking about resource. We need to be generous in every way. Why? Because God is generous. And we need to be like him. And so when we understand this, it will help us to determine what we should do between now and the end of this year and into 2022. And I think this will be amazing for all of you. Maybe I'll just be amazed because I'm a little bit like a goldfish. Even I wrote these notes. I prepared this message. But it's going to be like it's the first time for me in a moment. You know, with a goldfish, they go from one end to the other. And the, the thing about goldfish, it's always exciting. Because by the time they get to the other end of the tank, they've forgotten what happened. And they go back and it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it's true. You didn't know that, did you? See, come to church, learn about blessing and goldfish. It's fantastic. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1 and verses 27 to 28. You see, you know, there were seven days in creation. That's five. There's another two, but I didn't want to stick them up because it might look rude. Um, but there were seven days in creation. And interestingly enough, Three of those days were blessed. The question is, why did God bless three days? The other four days, he says, and it was good. He said, I like what I did today. That was a good day's work. But on three days, he blessed them. So I'm interested in what happened on those three days. 
because I want to be blessed. And so the first one I want to look at, these are not in chronological order, they're in the order that suits my message, because that's what we do as preachers, you know. We just sort of move things. But it, it, it all makes sense in a moment. It says this in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. Love that. In the image of God, he created him. Then God blessed them. That's why I said, I am blessed. How many people are blessed? Come on, seriously. I know we don't like action songs, but just put your hand up anyway, you know. So here we go. So if you put your hand up, you're blessed. If you didn't, man, you're in strife. Anyway, so it says here, then God blessed them. And what did he say? after he blessed them. He told them what they need to do to be a blessing, basically. He said, be fruitful. He said, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. You see, they were blessed to be a blessing. In the Garden of Eden, God came and he blessed them so that they could be a blessing to all of creation, to everyone they came across. If you want to know what you and I are supposed to do, it's found right there. We are blessed, the first thing. God, I thank you that you have blessed me. In other words, you have favoured me. You are empowering me. God, I thank you that you have blessed me. And so we're saying thank you by blessing him and doing it. And now you did it for a purpose and it is so that I can bring multiplication. It's so that I can bring growth. It's so that I can bring happiness and joy to people's lives. It's so that I can bring transformation in the city of Maruchidor. It's so that I can help people come into relationship with Jesus Christ. We are blessed for a purpose. I love it. I love that it's not just about playing church. I'll be frank with you, it was just about playing church. I know where I'd be right now. I'd be watching Bathurst. Like some of you are thinking, I wonder whether we finished on time because I'm only missing the first hour of the race. Don't worry. My car's already running, ready to go. (laughs) That's not true. I'm going to suffer through lunch with your pastor and his wife. Watching the race on my phone. Someone asked me before, they said, are you using an iPad? I said, I was going to, but I knew what would have happened. I would have had Fox Sports on here watching the race while I'm preaching. And I thought that was probably inappropriate, so I didn't do it. See, what were they blessed with? When it says that God blessed them, what were they blessed with? They were blessed with the DNA of God. It was the God bit that went into them. And you and I, when you said before, I am blessed, Understand what that means. You might have DNA that comes from your family tree, but I want to tell you there's a much more powerful DNA happening in your life right now, and it is the DNA of the living God. And here's the thing. When you bless someone else, what are you doing? You are imparting the DNA of the living God into their lives. When I pray the blessing over your life, I'm imparting DNA. When I hand you a $100 note, I'm imparting the DNA of my God. You understand? When we take up an offering in church, what are we doing? We're sowing into the, into the house of God, and then that resource is full of the DNA of God. And you say, it's a piece of paper. I know it's a piece of paper, but that piece of paper carries something, and it carries the DNA so that we can grace the nations in Jesus' name. Amen? I don't, give to, I don't give to offerings just for the sake of giving. I bring my tithe and then I give because I want to inject the DNA into our local community and the nations of the world. Amen? This is cool. I think this is all right. Oh, this is one of my better ones in the last week, isn't it, Jill? Yeah, better than the last one. was. 
It was 10 years ago, yeah. I, I spoke here 10 years ago and never got invited back. But I knew, I knew that your pastor was getting older and eventually he will forget. <laughs> He's a goldfish. Actually, last time I was here, he didn't even turn up, but poor Gail had to put up with it. It was just, that was unreal. See, the truth of the matter is, when you've got God's DNA in you, it's natural to be generous. Amen? See, as Christians, we don't have to try and be generous. If you're sort of going, oh, hang on, how does this fit for me? Just have a revelation now that you are blessed. When you know, when you absolutely know that you are blessed, your automatic response is to be generous. Generous in the house, generous outside the house, generous everywhere you go. In fact, I think it's, it's actually natural. How many people know that it's natural for God to be generous, natural for God to be abundant? It's natural for God to, uh, to multiply, because that's why he told us to multiply. How many people know those things are natural things? We talk about natural in nature. You see, it's natural for you and I to be generous. We could switch that around the other way if we want. We could say, you, act, you actually have to break the laws of nature to not be generous as a Christian. If you think about it, because it's the natural order of a believer. So the only way we can not be generous is actually to be rebellious and to turn our back on what is the nature of God. I'm not going to... We're not taking up a special offering at the end, so don't worry. Just let go of your wallet. That's not what this is about. This is about the whole... Because remember, we're talking about who we are. That's, this message is really about who we are. I'm going to talk about what we can do in a moment, but it's about who we are. If we really come to that place where we know who we are, we let go of the stuff and we become incredibly generous. You know, Julie and I have had a, a DNA-spreading year thinking, what have you been doing? <laughs> I told you before, if I pray, if I pray the blessing, and I'd love to pray the blessing, I don't just say, I do like to say bless you, but I love to pray the blessing on people's lives and I watch them get amazing breakthroughs. But I'm not just the, someone that prays. Julie and I both like to do practical things too. So we respond to what God says. So God said something to me and then I rang her and... Uh, she was saying, well, I've been waiting for you to hear from God about this. But, but um, God spoke to me. I was, I was actually in a church in Sydney in March. And uh, I was down there doing some filming because we were going to do some filming to, for messages that were going all around the world. That's sort of what you've got to do if you're planting a million churches. And as I'm walking up a corridor, God speaks to me. And he says, and, and that's not surprising, he's spoken to me one other time as well, but he's, he speaks to me regularly, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but this was interesting because he's never said something like this. And I'm sure he said this to other people. It's not like we're unique. But he said, Lindsay, I want you to give away $100 bills. And I thought, that's a novel idea. Why not? I'll do that. I can do that, Lord. I said, well, I've got a, a few 50s in my wallet, so I'll just get two of them and give them to someone. And he says, no, I want you to give away $100 bills because they're the biggest denomination. So I thought, oh, okay. So I ring Julie, because I didn't have time to go to the bank, and I said, Jules, we didn't have a stack of money at the time or whatever. I said, we've got, I reckon we've got 400 bucks that we can give away. So can you go to the bank and get $400 bills? She goes, oh, I've got some 50s. Well, they do. And I go, no, you've got to go to the bank and get $100 bills. So she does. She goes, and she's excited. She's going, oh, who can I give them to? I said, 
Random people, not people you know. Just find a little old lady at the checkout, you know. Just drop one in someone's letterbox. They don't even have to see you. Just, let's just do what God said. And she goes, oh, and she gets excited because she's generosity is who she is. She loves this stuff. And then she's already hit me up going, well, I have a budget next month to do that, you know. So I thought, which I'm thinking, yeah, good on you, you know. Have a chat with him, will you? And uh, so uh, anyway, that night I go out for dinner and I'm um, having dinner with a business guy and another pastor. And the business guy goes to me, goes, hey, Linz, what's God saying to you at the moment? He always asks me this. And I said, oh, funny thing. He's talking to me today about giving away $100 bills. He said, oh, that's weird. He goes, because I emptied my wallet tonight and I had a $100 bill in there and I went to put it in a box where I keep my cash and God told me to put it back in my wallet and I didn't know why because I wanted to pay for dinner and I was going to use my credit card. And I go, oh. He goes, I think, I think God might want me to give you that $100. And I said, I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> so he hands me the $100 bill. I, we haven't even given away the four 100s and someone's starting to hand me money. But as the $100 bill goes into my hand, this is what God says. I give seed to the sower. And right at that time, I knew what God was saying. God was saying, I told you to do something, and I watched to see if you'd be obedient. And you decided to get the four $100 bills that you would be able to afford to do out of your own strength. But what I'm saying to you now is, I, God, give seed to the sower. And you are a sower, and here's the first lot of seed. So I take the $100 bill. Three days later, no exaggeration. There's no exaggeration to this story at all. It's so good that there's, there's no need to exaggerate it, actually. You know, Three days later, someone walks up to me who I don't really know. Um, I don't have a relationship with them. They're not great friends or something. It wasn't in a church meeting, and they hand me an envelope, and I open it up, and it's got 10 $100 bills in it. Everybody, this is, track with me here. This is God. See, understand, no one has given me cash for the last 10 years since I last preached here. <laughs> it all came undone when I was here. And, uh, not really. Yeah. You still owe me for when I preached here last time too. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you, I think you took us to McDonald's, didn't you? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <coughs> So, all right, so here I am. 10 100-year-old bills, no one's given me cash for at least 10 years. People sometimes say, can I put some money in your account, either for us or for... But no one hands us cash. Three days later, someone hands me five $100 bills. This goes on and on and on. Then I did go and preach in a church uh, a couple of weeks uh, or May, in May that year. And as I went to that church, no one knows the story. No one... You can't get $100 bills out of an ATM. No one can come pre-prepared... I get up and I tell that story right at the end. Someone walks straight up to me and goes, this is for you, and walks off. Never seen them before, never seen them again. Open up, there's 10 $100 bills. Here we are, nearly $10,000 into our $100 bill. Thing. How many people know that every one of those $100 bills we give away is the DNA of God for that person? Because when we, when we give it, most of the time, we take the opportunity to pray. The Uber driver who's just lost his other business, that I go, hey, paid $15 for the Uber fare, here's $100. Is that a tip? Oh, I can't believe it. It's not a tip. It's an investment in your future. And here's what I want to do. I want you to know that God loves you and I want to pray his blessing on your life. How many people know that we can be very practical and be generous with the DNA of God? Amen? Yeah. All right, so now you go, well, 
that's all good. See, we're, all we're doing is what we're told to do. This hasn't cost us anything other than the four $100 bills, which Julie's probably still got, because we just keep getting $100 bills and we keep giving them away. And uh, do you know how much fun this is? Can, can, you, can you imagine how much fun you would be having if this was your story right now? And you go, well, but so you don't have to have my story. You need to have your story. The key here is that your heart is open to God that he will bless you so that you can be a blessing. The second day that God blessed was the fifth day, and five being the number of grace. And in this one, this is pretty interesting. It's in Genesis chapter 1, verses 21 and 23. I won't read it, but in this, God creates the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, and then he blesses them. The question is, why did he do that? Why did he bless them? Because he didn't bless the elephants. He didn't bless the hedgehogs or the echidnas. Echidnas are much better than hedgehogs. They're Australian. <laughs> just, we had a little American-Australian thing earlier on, so it's just a private joke, you know. But God didn't, God didn't bless the rabbits. <laughs> well, you'd think that he did, by the way, they multiply, but, but, you know. But God didn't bless any of those things that were from the dirt. He blessed the birds of the air and he blessed the fish of the sea because you and I can't fly and we can't live underwater. God blessed that which is beyond our control. And if you have a revelation of this, you know how to come to God. And you say, God, I thank you that you have blessed me. And I live in that blessing as a person. But sometimes things come that are beyond my control. Sometimes things come that are beyond my plan. And the reality is God says, I have already blessed those things. If you will bring them to me, I will bless them. Sometimes your business is out of control, but you can bring it to God and he can bless it. Sometimes your marriage is in a mess, but you can bring it to God and he'll bless it. Sometimes your finances might be all over the place and you're thinking, I wish this guy had stopped talking about generosity. But the reality is, if you bring it to him, he will bless it. That's what that passage is telling us. You see, God has already gone before you and I and blessed those things that are beyond our control. I love that. Some things are in my control. How many people know $100 notes are in my control? I choose to do that. I choose not to do it. That's up to me. That's up to Julie. But there are some things that come our way that I did not predict, that I did not know were coming. Things that come, and sometimes it still doesn't all go according to plan. But God is still in the midst. God is still favouring you. I know for us, when we lost our daughter, the reality is God's favour did not move one single inch away from our lives. We were still the favoured of God. And he gave us the grace and the blessing to get through that season and that circumstance in Jesus' name. Because it's God's DNA, you see, that's the thing. The third one, uh, third blessing, is of course uh, the seventh day. And uh, that's where... The Sabbath comes about and God says, well, I've done a good job and he blessed the day. That simply tells us that we need to spend time resting in him. There is blessing. Remember, I am blessed. And one of the ways I experience his blessing is to spend time in his presence, being still and falling in love with Jesus again and again and again. If, you, if you're here this morning, and I've still got a couple more things I want to say, but if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus and you wonder what I'm talking about, how do, how do I get this blessing? The simple way that we do that is just to still our lives and stop and acknowledge him and who he is. When you acknowledge him and thank him for who he is, his blessing will prevail in your life and you'll live a blessed life. Amen? All right, so in Matthew chapter 5, 
Oh, verse 44 and 45, it says, um, oh, well, yeah. sorry, I'm just going to, I'm going to going to flick forward because, uh, so we're not going to read that passage. We'll keep that for next time, in 10 <laughs> years time when I come back. Mark chapter 6 and verses 30 to 44. And uh, remember, this is about who we are. This is what it is. If we know who we are, it's easy to be blessed. Problem is, if you don't know who you are, then you, it's, you've got to hold on to stuff because then your identity is in stuff. Just want to say, say this for this is somebody. Well, this is going to help somebody here. If you don't know who you are, your identity will be in reputation. Your identity will be in stuff. Your identity will be in so-called success. Your identity might be in you know, Facebook likes. Man, that would be a sad existence, but it's an existence for some people. But if you know who you are, your identity is in Christ. And then you can release things. That's when you can be really generous. Not just generous with $100 bills. Forget about that for a moment. It's generous with everything. Generous with your time. Generous with your compassion. Generous with our love. Generous with grace towards people. Generous in wanting to take the time to tell people about Jesus. You see, that's what happens when we really know who we are. And so that's very important to understand before we move on to this. This story in Mark chapter 6. It's the story of the feeding of 5,000. Now, what we need to know from this, and I don't know if it will come up on the screen or not, but it does, yeah, yes, it is. I can read it because I tried reading my Bible before and I just realised without glasses it doesn't work. It says then the, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things. And hopefully we'll get... Yes, there were both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to be uh, to a deserted uh, island. No, place. And rest a while. For there were many coming and going. Then it goes on and says, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing. And many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived uh, before them and came together to him. Let me just paraphrase the rest of it for the sake of time. What happens then is Jesus starts to preach. It's a bit like now. And uh, only he preached a lot longer than what I'm going to. But we'll see. We've still got an hour and ten minutes to go. So uh, that was what you said, was it? Yeah. Sydney time. Yes. So, uh, but Jesus preaches to 5,000. It's 5,000 men, which means there's probably about 20,000 people there. It doesn't really matter what the amount was. It's an amazing miracle. And the disciples come to him and they go, hey, Jesus, um, there's a problem. You know, the people are getting tired. Now, get the background of this story. Remember, the disciples had been out, the, pr the precursor to this, the disciples had been out preaching around the place and they'd come back to Jesus and it says that they hadn't even eaten. And then Jesus says, as we start to read there, oh, let's go, we'll go to a quiet place. In other words, we'll go, we'll go and grab a, a pizza or we'll do something like that. And so they take off, but then there's a group of people and then Jesus sort of forgets that they haven't eaten and he starts preaching. And it's, it's, he's the guest speaker, if you like. And he turns up and he start, the meeting starts at 10 or 10.15 and he's preaching and we all know he's going to finish at 11.30. So we can put up with being a bit hungry at that point in time. But the truth is, uh, 10.30 goes by normal finishing time. Then 12.30, the people are starting to look around at each other. Imagine if I was still preaching at 12.30. You'd all be looking at each other, wouldn't you? You'd be going, what's this guy doing? But, but that, that's not it. 
and then 2.30, 3.30, 4.30, and then 5.30, they come up to... How many people know Bathurst is finished? <laughs> 5.30, the car race is gone. We might as well stay for the night meeting now, you know? Honestly, because we've missed the race, you know? And so here's the disciples. Now, you get what's happening here. They come up to Jesus and say, oh, the people, they're, they're tired and they're hungry. You know who was tired and hungry? It was them. Yeah. You imagine Peter and John, they, they're getting together going, oh, come on, we've got to eat. They're going, oh, let's blame it on the people. Let's say that they look at them. They're looking tired. Some of them are falling asleep. They're looking at their watches, and uh, and so they go up to Jesus and they say, "Hey, Jesus!" Um, and I, I, I imagine who got picked to do that. Imagine them having a discussion between the twelve. You know, which who's going to go and tell Jesus he's preached too long? <laughs> Peter's going, "You do it, John." And John's going, "I'm not doing it." Hey, Matthew, you're tax collector, you, you can do it. You be good at this. No, no, I'm not doing it. And eventually Peter, because he's the hungriest, goes, oh, right, I'll do it. Goes up to Jesus. You've got to love Peter. I love Peter because yeah. he does all the things that you and I would do um, and do do. And so he goes up to Jesus, look, we're, the people are hungry. And so he says, so you're worried about the people, are you? And he goes, yeah, you know, it's the people we're worried about. He goes, well, why don't you feed them then? I love his response, eh? So they go out looking for see what we can find. Foster get around for some food. And there's this little boy who's come late to the meeting. He's been to Macca's. He's got a big McDonald's bag and it's got two fillet of fish and six bread rolls. It's got, that's what it's got. I mean, I don't, I mean, does anyone actually ever eat fillet of fish? Or is it just on their advert? I don't know. I can't imagine people eat that. But, but, but there's six bread rolls. I know, I know you're thinking, no, no, two fish is five loaves. No, but you forgot about Peter. There was two fishes and six loaves, but he ate one. And so, so now there's five, right? So there's five left. And so the, 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 five, the six became five in this story. And so, uh, and so th but how many people know this story does not make sense? There is not enough food to feed 5,000 people or 20,000 people. How many people know that tithing does not make sense? Tithing does not make sense until you do it. That's the reality. It makes no sense. A lot of people, like, get to Christmas time and they'll go, oh, I think I'll give, we'll give tithing a break. I don't know how you give tithing a break, but anyway, we'll give tithing a break over December because we don't really have enough money to do that and all the other things we want to do. You see, we've got to step into that impossible zone. Imagine if that's what Jesus said. He said, oh, is that all you got? Oh, well, we probably won't feed them then. But Jesus didn't care. He said, we'll make the miracle happen. When you and I bring our generosity, whether it's in our tithes or our, or our offerings or whatever it might be, when we do that, how many people know that is the place of miracle? Because you and I are blessed. Remember we said it at the start, I am blessed and I'm blessed to be a blessing. God continues to pour out his blessing in your life and my life if we'll live that way. And so Jesus says, sit the people down, bring the fish. And by the way, they bought, brought the fish and the loaves to Jesus. How many people know that we bring our tithe? Yeah. Just, I I'm sure you all know this. We've been doing this with our team uh, this year. But I said to our team earlier in the year, I said, if any of you are giving your tithe, stop. Because you don't give your tithe. You only give things that belong to you. What we need to do is bring the tithe because it belongs to him. Giving is what we do beyond that, amen? And if you do that, you'll understand the principle. When we bring the tithe... That's the door that opens for blessing in our lives. And we are the blessed ones. And so understand from today on, if you weren't, if you were just sort of, oh, I just pay my tithe, you know. Well, just from an attitude point of view, begin to bring it and say, God, I thank you 
Because when you bring the 10%, God blesses the 90%. And that's what releases us into amazing blessing. And so he blesses it. This is, what, this is the sequence with Jesus. Bring the fish and bread. He blesses it. They give it out and it multiplies. How did it multiply? Two simple steps that made it multiply. First of all, it has to be blessed before it's multiplied. You understand that? For multiplication to take place, it's got to be blessed. You and I are blessed. So we are absolute avenues for multiplication. When we bring the first fruits to God, when we bring the tithe into the storehouse, it opens the door to blessing. But the question is, what would have happened if the disciples gave out the fish and the bread before bringing it to Jesus? You ever thought about that? Because they had to bring it to Jesus to be blessed. Before they did that, you know what it was? It was five fishes and six loaves minus the one that Peter ate. And so that's it. That's what they've got. And if they didn't bring it to Jesus and tried to feed the 20,000, how many people know a lot of people went home hungry that night? That's the reality. And so we need to understand it has to be blessed. The second step, which is equally important, is it has to be given away for it to multiply. You see, after Jesus blessed it, the disciples gave it, and then it multiplied. So again, I want you to see the picture here. Jesus blessed it. Some people think that when he blessed it, it multiplied right there. It didn't. It was still five fishes and two loaves. It was when the disciples took it one step further, the generosity factor in this, and they began to distribute. They began to give the fishes and the loaves, and as they did that, it went bang, 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 and it just never, never, never ran out. And the end result is they have got 12 baskets of leftovers. How many people like leftovers? Whoa. The disciple, why were there 12 baskets? Yeah, you're tracking ahead here. You've just worked it out, haven't you? I reckon Jesus wanted to give the 12 disciples a doggy bag each. Because remember, this all started with them being hungry. And so in this particular story, they end up getting their hunger quenched as well. So what would have happened after Jesus blessed it if the disciples ate the fishes and loaves. They didn't give it away. Well, hopefully it didn't expand and multiply because that meant they would have exploded. Uh, but nothing would have happened. The two things that had to happen was it had to be brought to Jesus so that he could bless it and then it had to be given away so that he could multiply. If you and I want to understand to live a blessed life, we've got to bring it and then we've got to give it. And when you do that, when I do that, we open up a whole new realm of blessing, not just for our lives, but everyone around us, because we are blessed to be a blessing. Can I just finish with one last story? Because a $100 story, I think, is pretty cool. And it continues on. And we're not bragging about that, by the way. Don't, please never think that. We're just being obedient. And I love it. I just love it. For me, it's sport. It is fun. But God kept ramping this up. And you go, but how does that benefit you? Because you just keep giving it away. Because then God can trust me with that. And some of the other sums of, of resource that have come in this year have been mind-blowing. Makes $100 look like nothing. And we've just seen incredible blessing, which I won't go into right now. But here's something that happened four weeks ago. I reminded our team that we had done a series on this earlier in the year. And I said to my team just at the end of our prayer meeting. This is at Metamorphic, the people that are planting a million churches with you. And here's the thing. As I said to them, remember, we talked about blessing. I said, there's two things that will happen this week. One, God will give you an opportunity to be generous. I might as well say this to you, mightn't I? This week, and I said to them, 
God is going to give you an opportunity to be generous. Take the opportunity and do something practical. Second, God is going to do something that just amazes you. You are going to have a miracle that is unexplainable, that is weird and wonderful that you couldn't expect or couldn't predict. That was all I said. So, at the end of that, um, we all hung up off uh, our Skype meeting or whatever it was, and one of the girls on our team who lives in Cambodia, now she, li- she lives or she earns $700 a month, so I want you to get this in perspective, but she feels that she needs to act on this immediately. She rings one of our team members in Nepal and says, I feel God leading me to be, do something like what Lynn spoke about, and I want to pay your rent for the next month. This is a bit more than half of her salary for the month. How many people know that's a significant gift for someone on $700 a month? So she does that. Now, she does that, and I don't know about this, by the way. Six days later, somebody contacts me. What happened was she unlocked something. She understands blessing. She understands that she is blessed to be a blessing. She understands the DNA of God is to actually sow DNA into other people, not just with prayer, but with action. And so here we are six days later and I get this phone call. This guy rings me and he says, um, I want to give you $25,000. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, I want to give it to you. What, what do you reckon you might do with it? Now, normally I'd ring Julie, but I know what she'll say. So I didn't need to. And she's not looking at me now with a snarly look on her face. She's pretty happy. I said, I think what we're going to do is we're going to give it to our team. Uh, and the reason I did that was I'd opened my mouth six days earlier and said, look for an opportunity to be generous. So guess what? God just gave me an opportunity to be generous. He gave me $25,000. And the guy, he goes, oh, that's really good. Oh, that's funny. That's great. So you're going to give $25,000 away or you're going to keep some? I said, no, I'm going to give the whole $25,000 away. He goes, wow. He goes, all right, I'll give you another $25,000 for you. It's the $100 bill thing. I give away 100 I get another 100 Give away 25000 get 25000 back. And you go, really? What's that got to do with me? Nothing really. You don't have to give away $25,000 today. But I just want you to see that God is true to his word. And if you will understand that you are blessed, then you will be able to be a blessing. How many people know that the girl in Cambodia who gave half of her salary, let's say three or $400, to another team member, when she found out she was getting $3,000... She realised that God had heard her prayer, that God had seen her generosity. And I only found out about the story after I sent the $3,000 to her. How many people know that God knew in advance? She unlocked something. You don't have to be really wealthy to unlock something in the heavenly realm. This is not about 25,000 or 300. This is about the attitude of our heart, understanding that we are blessed and that God has called us to be a blessing in this community and beyond in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. Well, I'm finished. I'm probably not, but I am finished because I want to watch the car racing. But, uh, but here's the thing. I, I, want to play the, I want to pray the blessing over you. Is that okay? Because I've got faith for this stuff. And I know for some of you, you're going, oh, I don't know if I can do this. The first thing is you just, we've got to come to terms with who we are. All right? You don't have to be me. You don't have to have the same story as me. But the one thing that should be similar is that all of our stories should be one of generosity. All of our stories should be about multiplication. All of our stories should be about abundance. That looks very different to a young lady in Cambodia who earns $700 a month 
to what it looks like for me. It's not the amount. It's the attitude of heart. It's the fact that we come to a place and we say, God, I am blessed. And now I know what I need to do. I need to be a blessing to others. That is the gospel. God sent his son, Jesus, the blessed one. For what reason? To be a blessing to you and I. And all the opportunities that come our way, even this week, wherever you go, you walk around, if you're a Christian, you walk around as a blessed one. And your purpose, if you want to know the what, you want to know the why, the what, it all comes out of who you are. When you and I know that we are the blessed ones, then we can't help ourselves that want to be a blessing to other people. It's my prayer this week that City Church will be an amazing blessing to the city of Maroochydore and beyond with our words, with our resource, with our prayers, with every part of our being because that's what it means to be a Christian and for us to be the church. Not to attend church, but to be the church. The blessed ones blessing others. If you want to receive the blessing, when I say that receive, I'm just going to pray an impartation of the Spirit. I don't care if I'm praying for one person or if I'm praying for all of you. But if you want to receive the blessing, if you want to go, yes, I want to live as a blessed one. And God, open my eyes and give me the opportunity to be a blessing. If that's you, I want you to stand on your feet and raise both hands to heaven. I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And I'm going to believe that you're going to get an impartation of the Spirit that will make you a blessing to this generation in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every person in this place, Lord. I thank you that we are blessed. Lord, we thank you that we are blessed. We give you glory that you have blessed us right from that fifth, sixth day in the garden. Lord God, you just you, you were happy with how you made us and you blessed us. And that blessing is still in our lives today. Lord, today we acknowledge that we are blessed. And God, we pray this week and in the coming weeks and months and years that we would live a blessed lifestyle, that we would be generous in every way. And Lord, that we would be a blessing, not just to this city, but to the whole of the Sunshine Coast and that we truly would grace the nations with the blessing of God. Lord, I pray for a breakthrough in every family here, for every individual. Lord, I pray for businesses to flourish, marriages to flourish, finances to rise up. Lord, we take the limits and the, and the, and the, and the schemes of the enemy off every person in this room. We call this place holy ground because it's blessed ground. And God, we pray that you empower us this week to walk in your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Just receive now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Yeah, give him a hand. Let's, let's thank, thank, thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.